This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and I've just realised I'm recording this in my kitchen and I turned on the tumble dryer before I started recording this, so excuse that. Now, uh, it feels like ages since I did one of these, so thank you for your patience while I've been off getting used to having a second child and no sleep at all. Um, There's a big chance you've not noticed the little break in the podcast, and to be honest, you know, loads of podcasts just do seasons with a few at a time and then take six months off until they do a few more, so, you know, I guess it's not really a big break at all, but... I'm happy to be putting these out regularly once more, and this episode I'm joined by comedian Russell Hicks, who was brilliant. Particular highlights for me include the cough medicine story and what happened when he had to look after his ex-girlfriend's pet bird. Uh, I'm going to leave those cryptically hanging, because obviously right now you're not going to know what I'm talking about, but when you get to those bits in the podcast... I'm sure you will agree that they're really funny, and from then on, you'll know that you can always trust me. And um, that's I think that's worth having in a podcast. Um, as always, if listening to this makes you want to have your own say on who and what you think is a dick, then let us know by emailing us the people and things you hate at dickspod.com slash contact, or give us a shout on Twitter or Instagram at dickspod, and we could be reading them out in the companion podcast to this, Compact Dicks. Please do subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Uh, The subscription part, of course, means that you'll never miss an episode. And we've got some really good guests lined up for the coming weeks and months, which I'm very, very excited about. But I'm not going to tell you who just yet because I get nervous about jinxing it. So it'll just be a nice surprise. And I think that's it. Okay, here's Desert Island Dicks with Russell Hicks. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Russell Hicks. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, all things considered, you know. Thank you for having me on. You've got a nice... I'm looking at you on Zoom. You look like a... You look like the kind of guy that I would enjoy being around in real life, just based on your general aesthetic. You got a very nice uh, cream color behind you, uh, tasteful art. This is, um, you know, it's pleasing. It's nice to have something to look at. That's uh, thank you. Yeah, 
Thanks. I mean, um, the rest of this is one of those instances where like the small square you can see behind me is the only calm bit in my whole flat. Like if I turned the laptop a centimetre either side, you'd see absolute chaos everywhere. Right. Yeah. um, I mean, I, I am like, you know, when lockdown happened and celebrities were doing a lot of zoom interviews mm. i don't know if i'm the only person that just is so distra- i'm just so fascinated at what's behind them i just want to see you know what kind of situation they're living in yeah. you know and i don't know it just uh it's interesting the choices some people make yeah definitely you know some people play it down you know they'll, they'll be like i can tell like okay matthew mcconaughey is in the least ostentatious part of his <laughs> mansion right now just to, you know be away because he's got to be one of the men of the people <laughs> Yeah, I feel like with me, I just I just have so few options. Like at the minute, I've got two kids in the other room. It's like in my bedroom or the kitchen, and the kitchen's too close to the noise. So you've basically got my bedroom. So yeah, yeah. that's London, London living. Right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly, totally. So um, obviously, you know, things could be better, could be worse at the minute. You know, it's it's fairly sunny, but we're also still in lockdown. Um, what sort of mood are you in today? I mean, is has it been easy for you? choosing a load of dicks and awful things and people to put on island today um no actually this was uh i have um been developing this in my mind for several years <laughs> uh you know without realizing it mm. there is it was it was easy it flowed from me effortlessly and so i'm feeling per- absolutely prepared and and loaded for this uh it's a beautiful sunny day outside so uh, it's a perfect day to be shut inside Doing a podcast, staring at my computer. <laughs> I couldn't be happier to waste this beautiful day. Good, but no, I. Uh, yeah, no, I. I got, I got some, I got some things I wouldn't want to be stuck with for okay. sure. I want you to know, I, I put a lot of thought into this, mm. okay? Because you know, Desert Island Discs, all right, which uh, you may not be familiar with, was a podcast, it did a radio show, it mm. existed before you, and I would listen to that. And it would often annoy me that people tend to choose things that they thought would make for a cute discussion piece on the show, mm. which would annoy me because I would say, listen, you're not taking this seriously, okay? You're, ta- you, this is, you're on an island for the rest of your life, okay? I know that you've got a cute story about the theme song to Only Fools and Horses, <laughs> but think about this, man. You're going to be marooned there for 50 years. Take this seriously. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's get stuck into it then. Uh, who's going to be your first choice for the island? Okay, so having gone through those options and thought you know, realistically about this, mm-hmm. who would actually bother me one-on-one? I have to say... My girlfriend and I often talk about this where if we were to have a child mm. and you have kids, maybe you can help me with it. I, I just try to think of – I guess based on my own childhood, I just know he's going to disappoint me in some way. <laughs> so that's just a given. My mm. girlfriend thinks that's negative, but I'm like it's just – I don't know. It's I think you're setting yourself up for failure when you do this whole like he's going to be so just like me. No. So, so I think what could he be that is not me mm. that I could still, you know – uh, you know, uh, 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 sort of relate to, and I think I've got a pretty wide understanding of it. You know, if he was into anything, mm. as long as, but but there's one thing I say: if he was gothic, <laughs> I just, I just couldn't handle it. There's, for for some reason, I feel like the stand-up comedian has two natural enemies, mm. and it's um, 
One is magicians. <laughs> we just don't get on with magicians. Yeah, I've I've heard this before. Yeah, it's something about. Listen, the the amount of confidence you have to cultivate to be a good magician. Comedians don't do well with anybody with a certain amount of self-assurance. We we just very uncomfortable with it. And so there's something about magicians. They're just so – I mean imagine if a comedian delivered their jokes with that same arrogance. Like whenever – like you'd hit the punchline and just, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Incredible, wasn't it? Stupid. And, um, and then gothic people. And I, I, I came up in the 90s and – it was a lot of this was the i mean i this is not a an era i've ever heard referred to but i'll call, I'll call it the gothic boom yeah yeah it was a, this is a real boom and they're just humorless <laughs> i just i just find that i just so i just think if i'm stuck on an island with a gothic person mm. they first of all there's a lot of judgment that comes down mm. from the gothics to a guy like me i feel like i feel like when they they see me they say the american accent you know this guy looks like he you know, does some cardiovascular work every, you know, a couple times a week. And so that to them is like, I might as well be captain of the football team. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I read comic books. You don't know me. And so I just feel like anything I did, you know, there's just, oh, you're eating a sandwich? Like, ooh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. couldn't handle it. And he would, he'd, he'd mope. He'd just resign himself. I'd say, come on, help me build this raft, man. Mm. Yeah, I think in terms of like, survival they're not really going to be you know the sort of doing type you know and and they don't look like they deal well with the heat you know like often although i've I've been to a festival and i saw a goth wearing it was like searing hot summer day and this person had like everything black obviously and a hoodie and a beanie on and i was like i don't know how you because you look like you've never been in the sun and yet you're sort of wearing all these layers and you're sort of dealing with it maybe it's just like your skin hasn't seen the sun for so long it can just take it because it takes so long to warm it up to room temperature or something but yeah um, yeah i think probably not going to be like the most active physical people i mean yeah and that that's fine i i this isn't and i want to make this clear this is because i think when this is not a bullying perspective i'm taking in any way i have no problem with people who are just want to be left alone and and nerdy but i just i think it's just there's something like i said there's i've always just found something very humorless about i i like things to you know like in my music or something there's a bit of a i don't know you know there's a certain tone to it like a a, like some kind of wit some sort of but i mean what what do they you can't even hear what this it's just it's all just i don't how can you be you know like danish death metal and i I don't know i just uh that there's no i there'd be nothing for me to relate to there i don't think i once uh years ago about 25 years ago i worked in this uh factory in the southeast and um then one of the, it was like loads of really nice people worked there, and one of the main bosses was uh, he's called Big Steve, and he was like like someone who's called Big Steve. You know, you can sort of imagine the type. He's like nice, you know, jocular, outgoing fellow, um, like real sort of pillar of the community. Coached the under tens football team, like loved his sport, played darts for the county. You know, this kind of guy. And his son was this like really skinny, weedy goth. He used to just love getting stoned all the time and like barely spoke. And it was also really nice. But it was like you could just tell this guy, Big Steve, like it was just as far from him as you could possibly get, and you could just sort yeah. of feel that he would have you know even though they got on well and seemed to have a good relationship on the surface probably would have been happier if he like 
would ever see his son kicking a football or something, which was obviously yeah. never going to happen. And that's the thing is, like, if I had a kid, like, I think any because like, I think if he's nerdy about anything, like, I can just relate to that mm. because I get so nerdy about I like I just love being obsessed, taking something to a, a, a crazy degree. Like if he was I just any I so I think the but if he was that way with gothic stuff, mm. I just think oh, I'd have to try to get into it. And I don't. I don't know what, yeah. you know, I just don't enjoy Trent Reznor. I don't know, maybe <laughs> I could be getting into that, you know? Yeah, and I think on an island as well, like, for it to sort of work, you you kind of don't need people who want to go off on their own and think, you know, you want, like, can-do attitude. You want, like, you know, kind of getting everyone together, like, buoying your spirits, making everyone happy, like, right, yeah, let's do it, come on, well, like a can-do yeah. attitude. Like, I was always into the kind of music, like, like punk when i was a kid was like it was like you the music was about you're a loser you like it was sad it was like yeah we're losers everything sucks but it was funny mm. you know and that's kind of like what a comic is i don't know that's like my perspective it's just like if it's things are so totally shit but like we're this is what but ultimately this is like funny like yeah. we're just gonna whereas <laughs> The gothic music, like you listen to Nine Inch Nails, it's like things are shit, no punchline. <laughs> it's just that's it. And then the song ends and you're just like, come on, man, I need to break the tension a little bit here. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I think it's a good choice. And yeah, I think, you know, in other situations, as you say, it might not be so bad. But yeah, just stuck on an island. I think a goth in a very miserable mood is, is absolutely not what you need. So I think it's a fair choice. It's a fair choice. Um, who would be joining you then? Who's your second choice? All right. I, by the way, I'm just nervous at the uh, backlash. I feel like somewhere... Goths don't listen to podcasts, though. Let's let's be honest. See, I feel like goths are generally fairly like easygoing. I don't... I, you know, See, like... I could be wrong. I did... I did befriend one goth once. I was at a... I went to a Christian camp. My mm. parents sent me to a Christian camp for like five days. And uh, in that situation, I was absolutely overjoyed to see a goth. <laughs> and he was the only one. And so yeah, me and him just hung out the whole time. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't... I did the hats off to this guy. He's in the midst of this absolute kumbaya Jesus camp, and he had the audacity to, to wear a pentagram on his chest. I said, that's... Yeah, that's oh, now, now, that guy's got a sense of humor, and he did. Yeah. So, no, fair enough. So I'm wrong. So I'll, I'll be stuck with him then. All right. I think um, it's just the setting. That's all right. I mean, you know, we're not writing off every type. We're just saying, you know, in that setting, it's not going to be useful. Well, I am also a, a very close-minded, judgmental person, so uh, <laughs> that could be it. Um, the second person, okay, one time when I well, – this, this is uh, about a couple years ago. I went um, – as, as a stand-up, sometimes we get booked to do these. We, we used to. I don't know if they do them anymore. Well, obviously not now, but we used to book these, um, these resorts. You would go – travel to these exotic countries and this is the first time i realized this that there is this type of vacation that british people go on which you go to a foreign country that would be absolutely wonderful to get yourself immersed in culturally to take take part in the food um and and like so we would go to like crete or something like that and then what they do is they land there and then they drive them up into this compound far into the hills where they're completely removed from any culture mm. whatsoever. And then they just live amongst British people from Yorkshire mm. for three or four days, and that's it. And so yeah. 
we would like get flown out there to um entertain these people and they were just basically like landlocked cruise ships you know and <laughs> and the entertainment had to be like so you know because the other people that were doing it were just like uh they would just sing really show tunes i mean because the entertainment has to like not offend anyone right yeah and so they were a bit but the best part was you'd go there you'd be there for three days but you'd only do one gig like right in the middle of the um of the, of the trip and so mm-hmm. You would just do this like 20 minutes at 11 o'clock at night in the middle of the trip, and you'd go with one other comedian. And it was great, man. You like, you guys would just, because you get all your meals are covered, and you just hang out, man. You just talk and just walking yeah. around in the sun. Okay, so one time I got booked with this guy. He was an older comedian, much older than me. And for whatever reason, okay, when we took off in the airplane, okay, because you, you meet this guy at the airport, and you guys are hanging out from takeoff all the way through the trip to landing. This man did not say one single word to me. <laughs> wow. And I'm talking sitting next to him on the plane. The best I got out of him was like a one-word answer. He never spoke to me. He, The whole trip, I'm just on my own three days. At one point, I was eating one of the meals because you get these like three buffet feedings mm. a day, right? And I'm sitting there eating by myself. And then I realize that he is sitting right behind me with his – but, like, like so his back is to my back. So I just turn around. I'm like, this guy was so committed to having no contact with me that he opted to just sit alone behind me rather than hang out with me in any way. And, I, and, and the worst part was is that I had another one booked the week after that. And I was like – when I finally got through with this trip, I was like, glad that's over. Can't wait. And I, I am not making this up. I swear to God. You don't know who you're with. I showed up the next week, three more days. It was that guy again. <laughs> the exact same thing. I thought I was going to lose my mind. So wow. I just think as much as I appreciate my space and and being alone, I love my personal space. If I know he's freezing me out on purpose, it, it, it would drive me crazy on that island. Yeah, because it's uh, so. Because at least if you'd sort of had an argument to start with or something, you'd kind of go, "Oh, this is fine. He's a dick. We don't have to." But if they're just not saying anything, it's like you've never sort of said deliberately, "Oh, I don't want to talk to you for any reason." So you still sort of feel like, as a good person, you should sort of make a vague effort, like you know, say hello when you see him or sit next to him at dinner or that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Because because you're a decent guy and you're like, well. What if they're just shy or maybe something's going on with them? But if it's just like a complete blank and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. I mean, how can you freeze somebody out like that? And I kind of know why there was like a, I had like, it was like I had met him a few times and we were friendly. I always found him a bit robotic, to be honest. Mm. I mean, he wasn't the most verbose human being at the best of times (laughs) when I was on his good side. But, like, I had inquired something about a visa. There was, like, a situation. And, again, this is another one where I'm like, <laughs> listen, guys like this, there is a certain type of comedian, okay? And and they're kind of a dying breed. But there are comedians who, you know, they've they've usually, like, they seem to have come from some sort of criminal activity, all right? <laughs> and, like, in the 90s, it was so – there was so much work out there that usually these guys would – you know, in between making hits would just be like, oh, I can go up there and talk about my penis. Great. And then they would have a career. 
So I'm I'm afraid this guy that he's gonna come after me. But listen, it was a uh, harmful, harmless. What I did, I just I was asking him something about a visa because he wasn't from this country, and I and he had told me something that didn't sound quite right. You know, something that you can do mm. to where you don't really have to renew it. Like it was something weird, and and so I asked the guy who does his visa, who's my guy as well at the time, used to be, and um and that guy was like, no, that's that's not true. Now that got back to that guy. Now in this guy's. I believe I believe he still carries that sort of uh, code of honor, like a criminal underworld, where like I'm a rat now, okay? <laughs> like I can't be trusted. This is all I. This is what I think, and so he just decided better to never share any anything with this guy ever again. That's so weird. But it's not like I mean, you were just checking something he'd said, and presumably like stuff to do with visas. You kind of want to double check these sort of things. Maybe that was his thing. Maybe he thought I'm going to give you the wrong wrong information so you get you know um deported. Right. You know, maybe that was his plan all along and then when you got wise to it he was like shit, I just can't say anything to him. Right. Now, so it... you're saying I just I reminded him of a botched job. Yeah, maybe. He, maybe. This was all this was all planned from the get-go. <laughs> he was he was trying to set me up. I mean, that kind of personality baffles me so much cuz I I just find it so hard to sort of be with someone and then not say anything, you know, to sort of see them kind of looking at me and making an effort and to just freeze them out. Even if I really hate someone, I find it so difficult to do. I know. That was the thing that I, it was by day three, I just thought the commitment to this. Mm. And then the second time, and, you know, I did feel a little guilty. I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Because I remember when I asked about the thing and I, I thought, ah, oh, should I mention the guy's name? I don't. But then I was like, I should because I need the specific answer. And But most comedians, the thought of freezing someone out for three days, what they would have done is they just said right in the beginning, hey, listen, that pissed me off that you did that. What are you trying to do? You got me in trouble. Mm. I don't know. But it seems like... I don't know. Now, now, I'm, now I'm feeling like I'm on his side, which is just a terrible. No, I just it seems like such a, a, a small thing as well, though. It's not like you kind of, I don't know, like... If you if you had sort of come along and then taken all his work or something, but just like because you you checked on something he'd told you because you thought it was wrong, it's not like I don't know. It's such a weird. I mean, that sort of attitude on a desert island it feels like he's never going to crack as well. You know, he you like turn up to the island. Oh fuck, it's that guy. We're on the same flight again, but this one it's crashed and we're stuck together on an island. And yeah. I, this is it for now. I've got a goth who's sulking and isn't in the mood to chat, and I've got this guy. Oh yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, talk about between a rock and a hard place. I mean, that's oh, just... Oh, they're going to team up for sure. <laughs> oh, the Goth and him will team up. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's no way this guy's going to crack, for sure. And I'd just be... I would lose it, because I need, I need some kind of connection. I would just end up shouting and screaming at him. <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> Please! Oh, man. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be able to handle that at all. I mean, that's the sort of thing that you'd end up just killing him, and then with his dying breath he'd be like no i'm just shy i didn't mean it you know or something but he's like why didn't you fucking say so before i caved your head in with this rock i would love that if it turned out that he was just painfully shy <laughs> it doesn't sound it sounds like he's just a complete dick so i think it's a good choice a good choice yeah but i, I have to respect that like at some level uh the, the comedian in me respects his commitment to the bit <laughs> he just stuck with yeah, it yeah fair enough so yeah that would uh wouldn't be able to handle it man no i mean i hate him i'm also really curious as to who he is i might have to ask you afterwards so i'll find out his name you can ask me afterward <laughs> i hope he doesn't hear this podcast <laughs> okay who's gonna be joining the uh, three of you then on the island who's your final choice all right so when i first moved to this country i i got on a train 
And I didn't know the, I, I didn't really know the procedure. So I was very, you know, I bought my train ticket. I bought it at the exact time I needed to go. I didn't know open returns coming or going. Mm. And it had a seat number. And I said, okay. And I got on the train and it was a totally empty carriage. It was like in the middle of the day. And, but I had a seat number. So I thought I have, this is, you know, I, I've got to sit in the seat. So I went and the only person in the carriage was sitting in the seat next to me. And I sat down right next to this guy. And I'll never forget. He just goes, he just puts his book down, still looking forward and really loudly just goes, really the seat right next to me in an empty carriage. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? what and he just went move <laughs> and i was like oh oh okay okay i guess and so that's uh, i learned the hard way there that um <clears throat> that you can sit anywhere on an empty train <laughs> but and uh i just imagine yeah wow i mean you know i think it's difficult because on the one hand the british thing to do is you know avoid other people at all costs but the other british thing to do is just silently seethe and don't say anything to the person who's broken rule. Just spend the entire two-hour journey just going, God, why was this man sitting next to me? But never say anything. That's that's the thing that baffles me to this day is that, you know, the British person I've come to know, I could have sat in his lap. <laughs> and he would have just, at the most, breathed heavily, intermittently throughout the journey to just <laughs> let me know he was a little perturbed. But this guy... I must have caught him on the wrong day because he both barrels in the face. And I was, like, nervous. I was, like, really – I was in a new country. I didn't know what to do. And so I just think that guy is – and I'm pretty high strung. That guy would be a nightmare Mm. to be in close quarters with. I just imagine constantly just, you know, he's the guy who – oh, who ate all the coconuts? (laughs) And he had attitude. He had real sass on him. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. I, it's so hard in that in in that sort of situation for you though, because I've been in countries where you just kind of think, well, yeah, there's loads of space here, you know, I'll, I'll just do whatever. And then people on trains are generally like the people who work on trains that tend to be kind of jobsworthy types, you know, they're kind of, oh, well, this ticket is slightly wrong, so you, this is all wrong, you know. So there's been loads of times where I think, well, surely I can just sit anywhere, and then you get into trouble or like threaten to kick you off the train because you're not sat right next to wherever it's meant to be. And those sort of things, they do play, especially in a new country, they sort of play on your mind, and you're like, well, I think it's okay, but what if it's not? Oh, God, I can't be bothered. I'm just going to be awkward and sit next to this person. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I think these people you're putting on this island, I think you're, you've... you've you're really getting off to a spectacular start with these because this collection of people is just so uncomfortable. Like sometimes people pick someone who's just like, okay, you're just like a, a mean old bastard or whatever. But I think the interplay between these three characters we got is just so uncomfortable. Is you know, it's making me feel nervous already. I mean, it's perfect. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm tense. <laughs> I am tense at the idea. I mean, I'm already if I'm really on this island, I'm already jumped in the water by now. Hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, just thinking of sharks <laughs> and thinking of that comedian plus that annoying train guy. I mean, those two together. I mean, basically, this is going to be like the quietest island in the world, I think, by the end of it. Well, because that's the thing. See, these guys complement each other. That's see the the team that I've put together. <laughs> they get on great mm. by them, because if you think about it, this silent, com- the guy who ignores me, 
but he's not bothering train guy mm. you know and he and nobody's gonna get on his nerves this guy's he's, he's a rock he's unperturbed he just sits there silent looking straight ahead mm. having a meal with his back to the rest of us i just see i just think that you're going to be trying to do your own thing just getting on with your day-to-day business like you know shelling coconuts and every now and again from one of them you're just gonna hear a, and you're like what what have i done they're like you know what you did and you're going to spend the rest of the week going, I don't, what, I don't know what I did. What the fuck? What? Yeah, I'm such a desperate attention. I need so much, like, like love that, you know, t- to be on an island with no one who thinks I'm funny hmm. would be, would be just, it would just uh, starve me of my life force, <laughs> I think. You know? Because yeah. we're, de- we're desperate people. We just need, we need someone to be, <laughs> and I get none of that. Just be a bad crowd forever. I think I'd feel like just be bouncing between them like a pinball, just like a really disappointed pinball, just going, oh, God, oh, no, I forgot I upset you as well. Oh, fuck this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good choice, I think. Yeah. I I just think sometimes the people like, well, like the train guy, it's like, who's worse, me for sort of making an innocent mistake or you for just being a complete bellend when I'm just trying to just trying to, you know, have a normal day and just get through things? I mean, that's the thing, man. There's so, you know, and I remember Train Guy in my own life because I often, you know, go from zero to 60 when it comes to public transport because the irony is that after many years of living in this country, I in some way became Train Guy and I suffer no fools on public transport, you know? (laughs) But mm. and you just got to think there's a story behind it. All right. You know, mm. you never know. This guy could be new to the country. You don't know. Like like and I've had every manner of insult on the train. You know, like uh, I was reading a book once on the train and I'm with the open book. And this guy starts checking his phone over my book like his, his phone <laughs> had stuck in between my eyes and the page and was checking his phone. And uh I mean, I just – that was just one of those moments where you're like – I'm, because it's those moments where you just – you're like – it's like you're angry and jealous that he is lives in such a peaceful bubble of of his own world that he yeah. – like, do you not know so, – do you – sir, do you, yeah. you don't see what's happening here? Your phone is in my book right now. <laughs> Definitely. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Well, as I say, I think they're an amazing selection of people to put together. So I think uh, because it's making me feel so uncomfortable, I'm going to move on to the next section because mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Yeah. All right. Um, so food. Mm. Um, and I, this was. I had. A, I thought about this. I was originally going to say 
British Mexican food. Okay. Because Mexican food, as we know, is manna from the gods. Mm. It is absolutely wonderful. I grew up in San Diego, California, and it's so close to Mexico that like the food is like incredible. But British Mexican food, I mean, it's so bad. I mean, it's almost racist. It is <laughs> so bad. And it's so bad that, like, you know, you have Chipotle in this country, mm. which is the best option. Let me tell you something. In America, Chipotle, it'll, it'll get you laughed right out of the taqueria, okay? <laughs> it is not even close. It's like, it's just embarrassing. Um, but I said to myself, think, come on, think about this. You know, it's still pretty good. It's still Mexican food. Hmm. And I, I would be happy to have that. So I had to pick um, chocolate donuts. Okay, interesting. This is controversial, people. Mm. Oh, this guy didn't. You know, now suddenly people are starting to say, hey, maybe these other three people on the island have a point. <laughs> I mean, this guy sounds, this guy doesn't sound like a lot of fun at all. Well, this is the thing. I, I like to eat pretty good. I like, mm-hmm. nice, I like to eat healthy, you know, it makes me feel good. But every day, man, chocolate donuts. Because also, and I don't think any of these guys would do this, but I have a theory about sort of like sweets and that kind of thing. I do a lot of... Um, back before civilization crumbled mm. last year, uh, I used to uh, – do you go on car journeys with comedians? And one thing I noticed and, is that when people get like a, like a donut or like a, any kind of like naughty treat, uh, they always offer you some. Now, my theory, and my girlfriend thinks this makes me a, a cynical maniac, is that <laughs> these people aren't doing this because they want to share their food with you. You know, This is not a – this is this is not an altruistic act, okay? This is they feel guilty eating this crap, mm. and they want to drag someone in with them, yeah. so they feel better about themselves. Yeah, maybe. So this is this is my theory. I don't know, but I don't think anyone would offer me on this island because. Yeah, I think probably not with the people that you've picked. But I mean, let's say there's just enough that's piled up around you for everyone to have some. I just think, yeah, it's you know, most things that are a treat are things that you couldn't eat all the time. You know, like the stuff that you kind of want to get stuck with is just like plain rice or something like that. You know, just something really boring but will sustain you. But the sort of interesting stuff is the stuff that's going to really piss you off after a while. We're like, when it's really hot and you've just got a, a, a sticky chocolate donut probably with some sand on it and that's all your food all the time completely i mean that's that's horrendous and i think now as well with like especially things like crispy cream donuts they've they've got that sort of you know that style of food where it's just like yeah and then put some more on and then put it hey and what if instead of sprinkles it was like crushed up biscuits on it you know it's like they've kind of yeah there's a real one-upmanship to it there's just like oh yeah kind of heart attack inducing oh yeah america is like I mean, we, that's what we do. We'll just come out, we'll come up with these new ways of stack, like we just take unhealthy combinations and just stack it, Mm. you know, into a massive, I mean, what was that show? Man versus food. Yeah. Yeah. And you see it with things like Pizza Hut and you're like, what if, what if instead of a pizza crust, it was mini cheeseburgers all the way around it? And you're like, what the fuck? What was the meeting where you had that? I mean, that's insane. You went, yeah, let's do it. Like how, how many people agreed to that for that to get green lit, you know? Yeah. But people must want it. But yeah, I think like anything like that kind of area of food would just be hard to live with for a long time. 
I just think, yeah, it's just empty, man. It would just be, it would, but it'd be fun. You'd be because the thing is, it's one of those. It's that it's the typical. You'd be like so into it for about a second. You'd be like, this is this island's going to be a piece of cake, man. Mm. No pun intended. This is going to be sweet. And then about just by the second meal of just donuts, you'd be like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, at first you're like, well, hey, well, we got donuts. You know, things are looking up. And then yeah, you're right. It wouldn't take long at all. And then also. You know, you'd have to eat enough to be f- full, so then the sugar's going to kick in, and you've—I think, especially train guy on a lot of sugar isn't going to be isn't going to be good. Oh, he's going to lose his mind. Gothic, he's only going to go more pale. Yeah, yeah, due it's to not the, good the lack of vitamins. <laughs> um, silent guy, he's—I don't know—somehow he's found his own sustenance. Yeah, and he's not—he's not telling anybody. There's something really depressing about seeing someone looking sad whilst eating junk food as well. So you know, if you just saw that comedian looking really pissed off, but with a donut, I think it would just be really, yeah. really depressing. Say, does, does nothing bring you joy, sir? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and what would you wash that down with? What's your drink choice? I wasn't sure if this counted or not, but mm. this was the only drink that came to my mind, which was because uh, this is this is technically liquid. Was mm. cough syrup. Okay. Yeah. Now I think I could handle any drink, but this is a but cough syrup is disgusting on several levels. And one of the things about cough syrup is it reminds me of I had a very bad incident with cough syrup. Where I don't know if you guys had this when you were like when you were uh, young mm. children in Britain and teenagers, but you could like it was like a cheap way to get high. You could like drink cough syrup. And it would like it would make you hallucinate or something like that. I have heard of this. I don't know if it like it wasn't really when I was growing up. I think it might have more now because I think it's more in like hip hop culture. Of, of her, like there's is that purple drank? Is that a thing? Yeah, something like that. I've heard that too. Yeah, but like Lil Wayne and people like that kind of yes rap about it. But it's like you keep telling me how much money you've got and all your cars. Like why are you drinking cough syrup? Yeah, where's the class A's? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, and it's not fun, man. Mm. Not fun. And it was a typical thing, like as a kid, where like you would just, you would just on the on the most flimsy advice, you'd be like, sure, you know, like that's what kills me about people with the vaccine today. You know, they're like, oh, I'm not taking the vaccine, man. I'm not, and I'm like, listen, be honest with yourself. You put a handful of pills in your mouth because. Some random dude at Glastonbury said, like, you want these? And you okay, yeah. <laughs> but yet you're not trusting a slew of, you know, all of doctors and everybody telling you this is safe. So, like, we've all ingested things. Like, I just – this some shaman that, that was in our high school was like, uh, this will get you fucked up. And I was like, well, your word is good enough for me, my friend. <laughs> I'll have two. And I remember I drank two of them. And then when I was done with two bottles of it, he was like, oh, you're only supposed to drink one. (laughs) And and then I just was I still don't do cough syrup to this day. I remember I this lasted for like three days. I was like tripping out. Right. And it just would never go away. And so eventually and this made me like so uncool. I just I finally I told my mom, I said, listen, (laughs) mom. I'm going to need some help on this one. I've done drank some cough syrup. Now, my parents are they're Christian scientists, so that's like, you know, they they like it's it's hard to explain this religion. I actually I I think it's, you know, it's kind of cool really. It's a it suits my lifestyle cuz I'm inherently lazy, but they <laughs> they just don't they didn't never really went to the doctor. They just sort of, you know, it's a I don't know, read up on it, right? <laughs> so we didn't have a lot of we didn't have a lot of experience with this kind of thing. 
And so I remember neither he, she nor I knew, and I wasn't really a drug taker. So our best guess was that she had a friend who was ill at the time who had anal suppositories. <laughs> and, and, and we both thought, I, know, I, we, I can shit this out of my body. So let's let's drain me of this of this poison. And listen, your your life has never reached the levels of rock bottom that I was at as I was sitting on the toilet with my mother outside asking me, is this it is it done yet? Oh, as I'm hallucinating still and just like having an explosion. <laughs> like the freaking Manhattan Project was wow. coming out of my rectum, so. <laughs> but that was fun. Oh my god! So wow. I, that that stuff just that's that's just got a bad aura. That's just yeah, yeah. Stigma wow. on it. <laughs> well, I, well, I think that's yeah. That's I don't know what to say about that. I, I'm. It's an amazing story. <laughs> I'm very glad that uh, that wasn't available when I was growing up, or it hadn't hadn't reached these shores yet. Because that sounds horrendous. Yeah, no, it was yeah. horrendous. But it's kind of good because I never really did drugs after that, you know. And you never had a cough, so. <laughs> and I've never, yeah, I've never had a cold since. Go figure. <laughs> I'm still, but you know, you are a dolphin right now, so it's had that side effect. Oh well. Yeah, God, that sounds awful. It's yeah, the sort of things when you're like when you're young and you don't appreciate like how to make anything like you know, like getting drunk for the first time and you just go, Well, I'll mix this and this and this, that's a cocktail. Oh my god, this tastes so disgusting, but I have to get through it. You know, at no point just thinking like, what if I made it less strong and had more of them and made you know, mixed it with juice or something like that? You know, it's just like the teenage quest to get high in any way. Just oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just like, insane. What are we doing? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well that's your food and drink choice, and I think, yeah, very strong. <laughs> now, uh, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Yeah, okay. So, all right, least favorite film. I, mm. Now, I thought about this. Uh, again, I'm redundant, but I, I really put some effort into it. The the like, There's so many films that I think, all right, if you had to watch this over and over again, you could, you know, you could find something in it. Like, I just watched a movie. My girlfriend made me watch this movie last Christmas recently. Mm. And it was... <laughs> I it, one of my I have a big annoyance with this theory. I, I I absolutely hate when people say like I like to watch things that I just don't have to think or something mm. like that. Like like as if as if quality programming is I mean that is escapism to me. Mm. You know, I'm I'm watching Last Christmas and I was thinking constantly. I was thinking why did this get made? Why can't I sell a script? Why the, why is this even happening? Mm. I was not escaped at all, right? The worst movie, though, that I ever saw in my life and that also has a stigma attached to it was around the same time as the cough syrup. Mm. It was in that period of my life, but this is before I'd quit doing drugs. I Back in the uh, early noughties, mm. you know, I don't know if it's still that way with the kid, this way with the kids, but when you bought weed from someone, people who sell weed are strangely desperate in a way. They... They couldn't accept, at least the guys I bought from, that this was a business transaction. They needed to know that you, your relationship meant more than just buying marijuana. So every couple of purchases, you had to, like, fake hang out with them for a 
a little bit, like 45 <laughs> minutes or so, because otherwise it was like unethical. They would get, oh, you're just leaving? Like, yes, we're not <laughs> friends, sir. You're weird. And so I remember, uh, you know, it was that time I was like, oh, I got to do the hangout. And I bought weed from this guy. He lived in kind of like a basement. Like, and I just remember sitting there with him in this dingy basement and we had to smoke a joint together. And I had not, I mean, this was, I'm going to tell you right now, before I met comedian silent guy, this was the person I had the least amount to talk to about, okay? <laughs> and I just remember sitting there saying nothing while this movie played on the TV, and it was Battlefield Earth with John Travolta. <laughs> Are you familiar with this film? Is that the one he's sort of, he's dressed up like an alien? He's like, it's, it's like an alien John Travolta. Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you something. This is, look, some movies are so bad that you can find that they're like enjoyable. Mm. This movie is so painfully bad. It hurts to watch this. John Travolta is dressed in like seven hours worth of makeup. He looks ridiculous. He, honestly, he's kind of like the predator. <laughs> if the predator were like a homeowner and just, <laughs> just like a, just, a, just a suburban, like he's been like domesticated. Mm. And he's just boring now. And, I mean, it's one of those movies, like, some, there must be something in the contract when you join Scientology that you have to make one of L. Ron Hubbard's shitty screenplays a reality. Because all these Scientology people eventually do mm. a terrible movie that is, like, somehow based on something L. Ron Hubbard wrote, which I think this is what this is. And it is just, oh, my God, it's mm. just so bad, man. It's just, it's just <laughs> aesthetically just grow it's just terrible and i just remember being like i just remember thinking to myself like you know that planted the seed for like okay i i need to start um developing some ambition in my life <laughs> this this cannot be where i am forever i think there was there was definitely a time where i think nowadays if you know there's a famous person playing some kind of alien or monster cgi and makeup is at the stage where they don't need to look like the actor i don't know you could have like someone as famous as leonardo dicaprio or, or john travolta and you wouldn't know it was them but i think back then you know they'd still have to show it was john travolta and maybe they shouldn't have you know and it just makes it even worse because you can't sort of displace your disbelief at all because you're like why is John Travolta wearing that? Why is he blue? Yeah. It's like, this is fucking stupid. Like, just have him in a mask and not have John Travolta or just not show his face and we know it's him. No, there's there's certain roles that you just don't cast a star. Yeah. So like, I can't take this serious. And I think Alien, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, what if, like, Jack Nicholson was Chewbacca? <laughs> it's like, it's distracting. <laughs> just, you're an alien. That's, just get a no name for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think because um, that was sort of like John Travolta's career is very sort of up and down, isn't it? Like there was a point where because that was probably was it before or after Pulp Fiction? Because then he was suddenly cool again. But he did a lot of just sort of shitty films. Yeah, he's interesting. He's one of those guys who he's like Robert De Niro, where I'm like, you know, they're like a really powerful weapon, but they mm. need to be wielded by the right person. Mm. Because when they're left to their own devices, they make absolute crap like. Travolta, put him in the hands of Tarantino. Whoa. Like, mm. that, that is honestly the only role I've ever enjoyed John Travolta in. And I enjoy him. It's crazy because I enjoy him, like, 
immensely. I'm like, this is the greatest actor ever. And then in everything else, he's just ridiculous. He's just this weird, like in, in the Battlefield Earth, he's still Travolta. He's like an alien. He's like, ooh, ooh, hey, hey, you know, Sandy, come on, blow the planet up. It's like, he's not even trying to be an alien. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of, I feel like he gets away with a lot though, doesn't he? It's like everyone's, if you say John Travolta, people think cool guy, I think, you know, but if you sort of went through everything he's done, it's like the odds are stacked against him, really. But yeah. he's kind of. Whereas, but when, yeah, I don't know. When when he's good, though, mm. like you know, what's actually a good movie is Saturday Night Fever. You ever watch that? Yeah, I tell you what, that's a lot darker than I expected. Like I thought it was going to be like, hey, disco dancing. I got my white yeah. suit on, and it's like it's really gritty, isn't it? It's like it's quite yeah. a shock when you first watch it. You're like, this isn't this isn't all BGs and light up dance floors. This yeah, is kind like, of like right. yeah. inner city sort of gritty stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah but um yeah Oof. battlefield earth man i mean it's just brutal yeah. i don't remember getting through it i remember just counting the minutes being like when have i established that good hangout man yeah 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 oh i've just remembered i've got to go and spend some time with people i actually like but you can't say that no yeah any film that's like that where it's like it's so bad it's just bad and there's nothing funny about it i think that's the real like the real sort of creme de la creme of shit stuff to be stuck with on an island. So I think it's a good choice. Uh, what would your song book choice be? Um, so I didn't even know the name of this song. Mm-hmm. I just knew it as the song that goes, and it's by these guys. I know now it's by the Fratellis. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, I, I will say this about the song. Every since I, every time I bring it up, the song will then be in my head for the next half an hour. Mm-hmm. So, okay, listen, nothing against these guys, but I will say this. Whenever that song breaks out, I have always been in a situation where I'm like, well, someone's about to vomit on me. Yeah. yeah. Or, okay, I am about to see a girl, you know, kneeling down in an alley, crying, surrounded by her friends. <laughs> Nothing good has ever happened when that song comes on. I'm never in a place that I think, you know, I've never been, it's not, pl- I'm not in the library mm. yeah. when that song starts playing. And, so I just think, and people always lose their minds at it, and it's it's just yeah. it's got negative connotations to me, is all. No, it's sort of like an awful. It's become like a sort of awful, like drunken British national anthem. You know, it's kind of. I've got this theory that, like, you know, everyone's kind of like, oh, if you wrote a Christmas number one, you know, if you get that one Christmas hit, you're set for life. Yeah. And I think what they've done is sort of they've gone. Well, we can't do a Christmas song, but imagine if we can do one that will be drunkenly sung by all sports fans forever in this country. That's almost like as good as having a Christmas number one. Like, you know, a goal gets scored and they play it in the stadium and it's like, you know, because everyone can go... And it's just that that tone of, like, singing. And a lot of these people probably can sing in the crowd, but it's like it has to be sung in a... Oh, yeah. And it's It's perfect. They've tapped into it completely. They have... The music that is that soothes the savage beast actually it riles him up though, which is see because whenever I would do comedy club, there's certain comedy clubs that you know they they would take no precautions to set the gig up. It was just like the the comedy was the last thing on their mind. They'd be like, let's serve food. These people are here for the, and so you know one thing I learned. Uh, I used to do that the the boat show. This mm. this there's the C, uh, boat show that CKP used to run. And um, I used to say to the girl who ran it, like her pre-show music playlist was absolutely – it was an art. 
<laughs> and that's when I realized, you know, that kind of stuff, like, really is important for, mm. a, for a gig to go well. Like, the pre-show music, you know? Like, I've had... I've done gigs where they just were the the pre-show music was that Adele song, you know oh. that that really yeah that like um, uh, no one like you oh and I'm like what are you doing like but the the other side of that coin is freaking that da da doot song <laughs> and people are just guys are tearing their shirts off they're just like raging I'm like this is not the energy we want in the room right now either so. Yeah, it just sort of, if you hear, it's just one of those things, you always hear it from a distance and sort of shudder a little bit. It's like, oh, God, it's like distant oh, yeah. thunder. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, God. you change it's... your direction. You're like, oh, okay, da da do it that way. I'm going to go this way. Yeah, we're like, like, oh, this place looks all right. Should we go in here? Uh, no, 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 no. No, let's not yeah. go in here. Let's, let's just, it doesn't matter. We'll just go to a Pizza Express and just drink there or something. You know, is there yeah. anything that's not this? Someone's getting punched in there <laughs> yeah. for sure. Also, I think it's it's been around long enough now that it's it's part of the cultural fabric to the extent it's not going away ever now. It's just there forever. Like, it will never die now. Yeah, well, I remember I, used, I, I would do these shows in Edinburgh, and there was a um, a pub there called The Three Sisters, and, like, it would there's a massive courtyard, and I'd be, like, stuck in the middle of the courtyard. You know, you're, like, maybe you're just walking. And so sometimes the Dudut song would break out, you know, and it was, like, it was like in The Lion King when the stampede happens. You'd be like, oh, shit. Like, you you don't want to be midway through the courtyard when the da 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 song starts. <laughs> and you never knew it was going to happen. You know, things were normal before then. Like, oh, people are just having a little little boogie there. And then all of a sudden, da 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 And you're like, shit. And you got to run because, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like halfway between dancing and Muay Thai these people do when the – Definitely, and the do do song <laughs> pops on. So yeah, it's just nothing relaxing or fun. Or it, you know, it's just it's too much. It's like I'm a grumpy old man, and so are you. That's why I like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Good choice. All right, now Russell. Finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it, and why? And again, I had two options here. Mm-hmm. Um, the first option I thought was I used to live with this girl who would just buy random animals. Mm. Uh, we were, she was my girlfriend at the time and she, she bought, um, she bought a hairless cat. Oh man. And listen, this cat, it was a Sphinx and this thing was 1500 bucks. Right. God. And we, we had a joint bank account at the time. Okay. <laughs> Surprise. Mm. She buys this hairless cat. And I just remember this cat was like, it didn't like me from the get go. It never liked me. It had a real attitude. And you, you had to, you have to bathe them. Oh God. You know? Yeah. You have to, you have to bathe them. And I would look on YouTube, and the cats that were being bathed on YouTube, I mean, they must have been drugged or something. They were docile. They were letting the water just cascade over their silky skin. When I would bathe this cat, it it was like trying to put a drunken Conor McGregor to bed at night. <laughs> this cat would scratch, jump all over me, man, like... And so I thought, okay, that would be the worst animal. But yeah. there was another animal she bought, and I said, ah, this is the one. She bought this bird. Now, we lived in a flat, like, the size of something you would get in the city right now, right? Mm. Don't get a bird. Don't, who, don't do that. That's cruel. Mm. Unless you're the guy who can walk around with the bird on your shoulder, those birds look happy. Yeah. But birds need sleep. This is the thing. Your bird needs sleep, and they're very temperamental. So this bird would be in our flat, and I'm a night owl. I'd be walking around, and I just felt bad. I was constantly be waking this bird up. So this bird 
His bird never got any sleep. He was out of his mind. His bird was like, just, he just had this, just madness. Like he was just sleep deprived for months. So he, he, he would bite. He was like, he, so he's already kind of getting on my nerves, you know, but she went away. She was Russian and she went home to visit her parents. She went away for two weeks and you know, we had, I had just started becoming a comedian and this, this wasn't this lifestyle change our relationship was on the rocks now i mean as as she said being a comedian she said to me once this is not what men do <laughs> so she wasn't too happy with me when she left and i remember she she was very said goodbye to the bird and everything when she left and it was, she was just very odd with leaving me with the bird i'm like what's like really like you don't tr trust me with the bird like i can handle this right so she's gone, and I, you know, I put the bird on my shoulder. I would try to do that, walk around with the bird. And I remember I was on the phone once, and I like to go outside when I'm on the phone. So I walk outside, and I'm about like three steps out the door, and I just realize like, oh, dude. And I just turn to my left, and the bird is on my shoulder. I swear to God, this bird gave me a look like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> and then it just shot into the air. You know, hovered for a little bit and was like, I'm out of here. And, he, and, he, and the bird flew away. Yeah. And so the next two weeks that this girl was in Russia, I spent on this, like, Coen Brothers movie <laughs> trying to find this bird. And it got weird, man. I put out – I put an ad on the internet. Does anyone know anything about this bird? And back then, you know, something – we had Craigslist, but you might it might be something like TaskRabbit over here or whatever, or Gumtree, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And this guy gets a hold of me, a guy who in San Diego, he used to – he would have a he, – he would display birds on the beach. That was his thing. He was like the bird guy, and he was like a busker, mm. and you would just come by and see his birds. He's like, I got your bird. Like, I've got it, yellow cockatoo. So it's a yellow cockatoo. And uh, I'm like, okay. And so I drive down. I'm like, stay put, man. I'm coming to get this bird. I drive down to the beach. When I get to the beach, I swear to you, this guy says, I sold it. <laughs> and I'm like, you, what? So he sold my bird. So he gave me the number of the guy that he sold it to. So I got on the phone frantically with this really nice Japanese couple who were driving cross country, you know, leaving the state <laughs> with this bird. And I just remember this guy was such a nice guy. And I'm just, I'm just panicking, like, Having him describe describe the bird to me. <laughs> what is it? He's like, ah, ah. It turns out it wasn't my bird. But the the worst <laughs> thing about it, this was like the the ultimate like, this is why I don't want this bird on the island because it just reminds me mm. of this level of shame I felt. This this like, when she got home, this was the worst part. She came in and I said, listen, I got something to tell you. And when I told her, I lost the bird. No surprise. Like, she wasn't even surprised at all. I just remember she just very casually looked me in the eye and said, I knew you would lose this bird. And, then what? and I just thought, how low is your opinion of me that you, that you knew I would lose a bird? And then add to that, I did lose the fucking bird. Um. So not only – would this bird be a nightmare to live with? But he would be a he's a he's a constant he's a totem yeah. of my uh, of my absolute lack of ability uh, to handle any sort of responsibility. So. <laughs>
Oh man, that's anyway, such man. a like perfect setup to sort of fuck you up. It's almost like she bought it just to kind of like annoy you as a parting shot before she broke your heart or something. You know, because then I looked back and I was like, oh, she did say she said goodbye to the bird, like really, really goodbye. <laughs> and I just thought, fuck, man, like you, I knew you would lose this bird, but that was it. That was it. She just not even surprised at all. Like goodbye, bird. Oh man, I'm leaving yeah. you with a moron. You will be gone. Enjoy your new life. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's one thing being stuck on an island with loads of animals that you find disgusting or that are dangerous or creepy in some way, but just one that just sits there and just basically calls you a dick all the time. I mean, yeah, that's just, it. Yeah. he would shit on you. Yeah. But I'm glad he's free. And what's it, what's the point? Why have a bird, man? Put it in a cage? I couldn't handle it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and just resenting you as well for never getting enough sleep as like it's weird. You don't think of birds being an animal that like gets grumpy about sleep, but I guess it makes sense. <laughs> oh, they need to sleep. And every time I see a guy out there with the bird on his shoulder, you know, mm. you see that in London, just a guy walking. I'm like, man, how do you do that? But I also see people like that, and I always kind of firstly I think, God, that'd be wicked, you know, like have a little bird go on the tube. You've got a bird on your shoulder, and it flies off when you go in the shop, flies back on. That's cool. Yeah. And then I think. I bet that person, like, what you know, you go for a drink with him and his bird. Once you finish talking about the bird, I bet there's fuck all else to talk about. Like, that's his thing, isn't it? It's like, he's the yeah. bird guy, you know, <laughs> and at first all the girls like him. You go off and you get some drinks, talk to other people, and then someone else comes up and says, oh, you've got a bird? Yeah, no, this is my bird. And, like, really casual about it, like, he hasn't got a bird on his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, oh, this thing. You know, it's like, past that, you got nothing, pal, I reckon. So that's... That's what I think you're of a bird one tr- guy. You're a one-trick pony bird guy. You know, it's just like having a massive brooch or something. It's a talking point. It's like, you know, but after that, you're like, yeah, I don't think there's much much there. That's so. it. It's hollow, man. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's totally superficial, those bird guys. Yeah, definitely. Fuck them. Well, look, Russell, I think you've put together a really good selection of people and things to make your time on the island absolutely horrific. So uh, you have you have nailed the brief. So uh, well done. And thank you very much for that and uh, for coming on. And um, obviously, you know, at the minute, it's, you know, we're still in lockdown. It's a really tough time for comedians. But where can sort of people, you know, keep in touch with what you're up to and, and see, see stuff that you've done? Well, I'll tell you what. Um... I have uh, I've got a TikTok and um, you know I missed the boat on TikTok initially. I'll tell you uh, honestly, I was doing a gig and there was some young, like there was like some fifteen, sixteen year olds in the audience. This is right before anyone knew about TikTok and they were telling me about it. And I thought, man, I could have got into the ground floor, <laughs> but I missed that boat. But I'm in there now anyway, and I've been putting up stand up clips um, from like I've just got so many like old clips just not even really old just from the from this year just sort Mm. of uh and so uh go on there it's at russell hicks comedy so check that out those are coming out like two or three a week Mm -hmm. and uh that's been going pretty good so at russell hicks comedy on tiktok and my girlfriend and i have just recently started our own podcast that you know we're gonna do through lockdown and perhaps beyond Mm -hmm. but we basically it's called domestic disputes it just came out last week. Um, we're going to do an episode every week, and the premise is simple. We live in a flat together, and she is uh, incredible, got a mind like a steel trap, but she just, as you can tell, I am a belligerent blowhard, and I just sort of have these wild thoughts, uh, and and I like them to go unchallenged, but she regularly challenges me, and so we thought, let's just put those 
let's let's record them and put them out for people. So we argue about all kinds of stuff, like the movie Last Christmas, whether chicken on the bone is better than chicken breast, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Kim Kardashian, all these weird things. Mm-hmm. So so that that's out now. You can get that anywhere. You get a podcast, domestic disputes. So nice one. So go and check it out. Brilliant. All right, mate. Well, thank you again for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, man. I had fun. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com